This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 323. I'm your host, Reed Murphy. Now it works. (laughs) I'm your host, Reed Murphy. Joined today, as we return after being in a coma for over a month, by Scott Elliott. Hi, Scott. Hello, welcome. Ilia, Elia. Ilia, Elia. Elilia. You can call him whatever you want. Whatever you want to call him. Keep feeding me with pizza. Hey, Poppy. Whatever you want. (laughs) Also, Emily Sissel is here. Hi. Hi. And a first time guest, the one, the only, Justin Marlowe. Hello, hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Really appreciate the invite. <clears throat> anytime, anytime. Welcome to our pure chaos. We've been off for a month because life is busy. This isn't the show and network isn't completely paying all the bills, but it's paying some of them thanks to Patreon, the awesome website where you can donate as little as $2 to subscribe and support us. That's patreon.com slash 323 read r-e-i-d if you need to know how to spell it come on guys we want reed to be able to quit his job at target yeah get me out of there please i'm (laughs) trying i'm trying for you we're all trying i'm trying to piggyback off this and get out of public school teaching there we go not really but (laughs) (laughs) i am (laughs) justin well yeah this is your first time on the show tell us a little bit about yourself yeah um well i am currently a history teacher at Walker Grant Middle School in Fredericksburg City. Um, I teach civics and I teach United States history 1865 to present. Um, I co-teach one period of the day with Miss Sissel over here. Um, By the way, it's one of the most fun periods of the day. It's entertaining Uh, at least. I was going to say. Kool-Aid bands in there. uh, Yeah. (laughs) We do have our our resident Kool-Aid boy. (laughs) As <laughs> shout out to Kool Aid. Shout out to the Kool Aid Company. If, if seriously, if you guys ever need a mascot, we have got the perfect person for you. Great rep for you. Yes, and I am not even being a little bit sarcastic about that. It's bad. It, it is so perfect. Um, <clears throat> but all jokes aside, no, like it's a really fun um, class period. The subject matter is great. It's pertinent to um, you know America. Um, I also love the U.S. history course. Sometimes I feel like I get a little, like, even too passionate with it, and it might kind of supersede what the sixth grade brain can really, you know, appreciate. But 
you know, whatever. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so I've, uh, this is my third year working in the public school system at Fredericksburg City. So, uh, you know, I really want to keep it going. I would love to continue this journey and start to educate older minds, hopefully, you know, the high school age, maybe in the near future. Um, you know, just kind of using my platform and influence, personality, all that jazz to really just shape the next generation. He's also a past tennis star. Uh, yeah, I used to play tennis in high school, and I was pretty good. Um, I'm so passionate about, you know, sports in general. I'm a big sports fan, mm-hmm. mainly um, tennis and, uh, and football are my, my big Big go-tos. Finally have a tennis correspondent. I was about to say, we have a resident soccer expert on one side. we got the tennis guy on yeah, the other side. This exactly. is perfect. Yeah. Cover all the bases. I, now I feel like i got to find an obscure sport to be excited. <laughs> Who are your favorite uh, tennis stars? Who is your favorite? Currently or of all time? Mm. All time? Mm. Of all time, um, my two biggest, or um, well, it, well, my three biggest would be Rafael Nadal, who's currently you know one of the best. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Andre Agassi was to me like that was the guy that i used to want to watch every single time that he played i actually got his autograph um in the mid in the late 90s i'm sorry um and it's kind of obscure but this guy named thomas mooster from austria was a bit i was a i'm a big fan of his people call him um the quote-unquote poor man's nadal Mm -hmm. because he kind of played the same style that nadal plays but he didn't have the natural gifts that Nadal has as a as an athlete. Yeah. Um. So he kind of just had to work like you know ten times harder. I got you, Scott. Who are your top all time tennis players? Let's see. I can I name five outside of the ones he just named. Um. Can you give us one? Pete Sampras. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. All I mean right. that, that's an easy uh, one. Right. But yeah. That's an easy one. Um. Uh. Let's see if I can get another one in there. Do the do the Williams twins count? They're not as, twins. Do the Williams sisters twins. count? Uh, see how little I know about tennis? I just know there's two <laughs> sisters named Venus and Serena Williams. <laughs> what do you want from me? I don't watch tennis. Yeah, I mean, uh, mine. Mine's Serena. Okay. Um, Serena's easily like the the best uh, female tennis player of all time. Oh yeah, I would say. I think so. Venus easily, top ten, yeah. top fifteen, and the um, for all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the? She's the younger Japanese girl. Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Yeah, Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. No she's, idea who that is. She's yeah. getting that. You should definitely check her out. She is damn entertaining. She's, she's been kind of falling off a little bit lately. Little bit, little bit, and you know the pressure and everything that she's been advocating with mental health and. I think it's her I, because tennis is such a it, it's such a mental game. I also played in high school, mm-hmm. but I was awful. So <laughs> then don't I, but but it is incredibly a mental game and not it like significantly less on the physicality side. I played in high school just in gym when we would have the section, but <laughs> me and Travis McFadden. Shout out to Travis. We were the Nadal and Federer oh of Stafford <laughs> High gym class. The gym class? Gym yeah. class period, tennis. Period three on. Annihilating everybody. Period three on X days. <laughs> well, Justin, it's awesome to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. For everybody else joining in, again, we've been off for about a month. A lot has been going on since we've been gone. So 
we're going to introduce a brand new segment called Since You've Been Gone. Thank you, Kelly. She'll be hanging out with us in the background. I'm glad you played that because um, <laughs> I love that song. I haven't heard mm-hmm. it in a while. But Since You've Been Gone and Behind These Hazel Eyes are two of my favorite songs to listen to when nobody else is yeah. around. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> now we know this. <laughs> Everybody go around the table. What is your favorite song to listen to when nobody else is around? Because everybody's got it. I guess a guilty pleasure song. Man, I feel like a woman by Shania Twain. Ooh, oh, just crank that bitch up to forty and just belt it. Do you sing those lyrics? Oh, all of them. Okay, okay, (laughs) all of them. Emily, I don't think I have a guilty pleasure one. I listen to everything around everybody with no guilt whatsoever. There's nothing that will get you. Even slightly be an embarrassing thing, like oh, I know all the words. I don't have any guilt over those two songs. Yeah, it's not. It's okay, not necessarily guilt, but something that you like. You blast when nobody else is around, like Justin said. I mean, your special song, hypnotized Biggie. Ooh, okay, okay. I mean, like I'll blast that when everybody's around as well. But I mean, like that shit gets blasted real hard in my car. And I gotta say, like a little white woman driving a Subaru Crosstrek, <laughs> and you pull up next to her at a stoplight, and the bass is just pumping in my car. And you can hear it, and you can just see me going off to it. It's quite entertaining. Well, I've gotten several nods of appreciation from the from many people of color. In the I will also <laughs> include into which these were these are a little bit more. I'm not going to say guilty because I don't believe in the phrase guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. but I will say that um, I really thoroughly enjoy listening to uh, the Backstreet Boys. Show me the meaning of being lonely. Yeah. I've got one. I love that yeah. song, and I love listening to O Town All or Nothing. Yeah, okay. I j- yesterday I was, you would have thought I was on the show or These something. You know? <laughs> and then the thing is, the worst part is when you think you're like all in the right key, then you uh-huh. hit a speed bump, or and then it cuts out, and you can hear yourself sounding like crap. <laughs> yeah, well. I think mine is easily when I see you by Fantasia. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's a deep... If that comes on in the car, I'm just... Oh. I totally forgot about one that you know of because my dad and I both love this song. It is. Oh, God. That Applebee's song. Damn TikTok. <laughs> what is that? I can't help. It's the Applebee's song it. by Walker Hayes. Yeah. And the Applebee's commercials. I can't help it. I don't uh, know why my dad and I... <laughs> It has been, Love yeah, it. it's become like the new TikTok sensation song. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even see it from TikTok. I only, I know it as the TV commercial. My dad and I will sit there and it comes on. We were both, we both get these smiles on our faces like, yeah. Haven't no you way. missed our distracted conversations, <laughs> listeners? I'm sorry. <laughs> I hear the distraction most of the time. I think I might actually also include uh, Tim McGraw, Indian Outlaw. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. It's really weird, though. Like, all the Native American references. It's pretty racist. Yeah. Yes. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> a slight undertone. A lot of country Did, songs are in that for me. Didn't he say something about, like, his grandma hanging out in a wigwam or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> My uncle was a Choctaw or something. Yeah. Chippewa. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so since we've been gone, <laughs> <laughs> since we've been gone, there's been a lot happening, particularly in the sports world. Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers quarterback, came from the New York Jets. Last time we were on, we were anointing him the for sure comeback player of the year. Since we've been gone, he has been god-awful. Trash. Awful. Scott, speak to him because he was your fantasy starting quarterback. He was my starting fantasy quarterback for four weeks. And um, the last five weeks, I actually went back and looked at this. The last game he had that he was decent was that week four game against the Dallas Cowboys. In the fantasy world, he put up about 33 points, which is amazing for a quarterback to come out and do that. Last five weeks collectively, I think it came out to being about 37 points for all five weeks. So yep. he has definitely just dropped off the face of the earth. The Panthers, for- they started 3-0. and They are now, after today's loss to the Patriots, a 24-6 to loss to the Patriots, they're now 4-5. and Sam Darnold ended the game 16-33, of 172 yards, three interceptions. Back to the Jets. And trajectory is just nothing but down at this point. No. You're going to hope that CMC can come back and do a little bit of a spark for the offense. Maybe that'll help out a little bit because at least he had him mm-hmm. for those first four weeks. But maybe that's what's attributing to it right now. But still, it looks like it's just same old Darnold from the Jets. Good old Darnold. Since we've been gone, we've had that. The Atlanta – we had a whole MLB playoffs, actually, start and finish since we <laughs> since oh, we've been gone. Right. The Atlanta Braves, they won their first World Series since 1995. They beat the Houston mm-hmm. Astros. It was a World Series matchup. A lot of people, it was like a nightmare matchup for a lot of people. I hate the Braves. I hate the Astros too, as a Nats fan. Yeah, but those Astros are the damn cheaters. But you know what? I can get over it because I'm a Nats fan and we beat them in the World Series as they were cheating. So it's not really too much and they had dusty baker as their manager and let's be honest what team in the sports world no matter what sport it is who's not cheating in some sort of way the only difference is they got caught i don't know about that one i mean your patriots were flat football cheating on his colts well there's that (laughs) that's just a minor detail (laughs) the thing about that though like with the um with the deflated footballs mm-hmm. um that i mean i guess you can refer to it it is i mean obviously it's a rule it's a violation but i was like i i could equate it to let's say um like for a while in tennis it was a thing where certain players were getting like illegal strings mm-hmm. that gave them an excessive amount of spin Really? But they were, yeah, it was, it was, a, it, I don't know how they got caught, but it was a thing. Yeah. So, like, imagine if you have two tennis players and one of them decides, I'm going to use one of these rackets or, you know, with these, these strings that are illegal, mm-hmm. but I also give you the same racket too. Hence, like, and making, making it analogous to the footballs because mm-hmm. if Tom Brady likes, and no pun intended, you know, like his balls smaller. Yeah. <laughs> then that doesn't that that also makes the ball smaller for the other quarterback, right? Right. So if I use this tennis racket with, that has this this string that's illegal, and it gives me a whole lot of spin, that doesn't necessarily mean that that works for you. No. So yeah. a lot of players wouldn't even like that. 
So how do we know that Andrew Luck preferred his balls as small as Tom Brady? Well, then you have people like Joe Montana coming out and Dan Marino from the from the 80s and 90s who like have theirs overinflated over kind of the PSI Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah, it's all quarterback preference. There's some who – and then even if you look at that, if you or me or anybody who has no kind of NFL experience or even kind of any kind of professional football experience, if they gave you one of the quote-unquote underdeflated balls and a regular ball, there's no way you can tell the difference between the two. It's not like it's completely flat – you're talking about like a degree, like a tenth of a of a psi level difference, hmm. which can also be equated to you know weather or kicking the ball or, and then come come to find out there was only one ball that was actually in that deflated range and mm-hmm. somehow it went missing. See, I have more of an issue with the spy gate than yeah. I do with deflated footballs. Mm-hmm. You're just smiling. I'm just over <laughs> here just having a good time. <laughs> the championships from it. <laughs> And then when I try to distance myself from it, they just follow it just, you. Just, to Tampa it just Bay. follows me to Tampa. Yeah. yeah, Justin, you haven't met him. He was a Patriots fan, lifelong Patriots fan. Bullshit. Got all the championships, and then he moved to Tampa. He was like, you know what? I'm tired of this winning culture. Everything. I'm going <laughs> to become a Tampa bullshit. Bay Buccaneers fan, Jameis Winston. So are you more of a Brady fan? No, I mean, I guess I, I, at this point I have to say yes to be more of a Brady fan because he's the only constant between the two, or right. I have to say Gronk at this point. Yeah. But no, I think it just came back to, you know, being a, a Patriots fan for my whole life, you know, kind of feeling that's what I had to do with my whole family being from Massachusetts. And I moved okay. down to Florida about four years ago when Brady was still there for another two years. It was all when, coincidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just oh. all happenstance. Brady's just following him. Because he was yeah. a Bucks fan for a couple years before Brady came down there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I, you know, I – I mean, earlier we talked about this. I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, but more than more than I'm a Colts fan, I'm a Manning. I'm a Peyton Manning fan. Yeah. Like when Peyton Manning, um, actually, it was a season before Peyton joined the Colts that I decided to to like you know follow the Colts. Mm-hmm. And then when they got Peyton, you know, first round, I mean, first pick out of Tennessee, I was you know all all on board with it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then, of course, you know, his great career, I followed it. But, you know, obviously during the career, it was it was um, Manning and then it was Brady, Manning, Brady. <clears throat> Manning's numbers trumped Brady. Mm-hmm. But every time they played in a really big game, it was it was always something that happened that, you know, Manning couldn't get the job done. So. You know, and I was always hating back then, you know, because maybe, I mean, Indy wasn't really built for, like, playoff tough cold weather. Um, Clearly, if you're a team from Foxborough, you probably are. So, uh, you know, I was always kind of hating on Brady until I just realized this guy (laughs) is better. Mm -hmm. And he's better. He may not be a better pure quarterback, but... In the clutch, he's got it. Yeah. I can't say anything about this anymore. So then I just was like, you know what? Brady's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Manning's number two. Yeah. For are, me. You ha- are you happy? For me. I just don't think Brady's going to go anywhere until he hits 10. 10 yeah, rings? I think I, I think he's going to. I don't even want to think about One it. One for each finger. How in the yep. world is he going to stick around long enough to get three? Everyone thought he was going to be gone five years ago. He's going to get a fat-ass contract from Washington football team at the age of 47. No, here's what I need to do. (laughs) Here's what I need to do. I need to, after the season's over, I'll switch. Once the the Washington actually releases what their name's going to be, I'll be full-on Washington with you. 
bring it. We'll wait another season, and then mm-hmm. Brady will just be right on behind me. So it's okay. In Washington? Sure. Why not? No. no. Why not? <laughs> At this point, why not? <laughs> he will not sign with Washington. They've broken my spirit. No, he won't. He won't. Just because he doesn't have one to deal with Daniel Snyder at that right, point. Right, at that point, yeah. It might be Jeff Bezos at that point. You never know. And then We can only hope at this point. God, I hope so. I think Giselle wants him playing for Washington. Giselle probably doesn't want him anywhere outside of Florida. At this point, no. She didn't. Yeah, she doesn't want to be out of Boston. Props to her. Way too mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be in Boston or around Boston. That hasn't changed since we've been gone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in Washington. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Speaking of Washington, since we've been gone, the Washington Wizards are back. The NBA season has come, the 75th anniversary season. It's here. It's the NBA's third season of play in one calendar year. Like, they finished the bubble playoffs in the beginning of September. Within the year, within the calendar year, like in December. Or not in the calendar year, I guess. But within an actual the 365 days. Yeah, within 12 months, they've played pretty much three seasons or have played games of three seasons in that one year. It's been rough. That's why LeBron's just sitting on the bench half of the regular season anyway. No. All these things, since we've been gone, since we've been gone, Emily Sissel knows how much I love Spider-Man. I can mention it briefly. The trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home came out in, what, within the last month? Probably right after we finished this. It was like Mm mid-October. And it's hitting all of my feels. Bringing back villains from the old movies, just like we were expecting. Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2 is in this movie. It's going to be batshit crazy. William Defoe's Green Goblin. He had his laugh. Jamie, Jamie Foxx coming back. Jamie, Jamie Foxx's Fox Electro, Electro is, is in it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Sandman is back. Potentially, based on the poster, Mysterio will be back. When does this come out? This comes out December seventeenth. Hmm. They've only put out one partial trailer and like a poster on a bus, <laughs> and that's all that they're letting out. That's from the movie. all. We'll take the podcast to the street. Opening night. Take it into the theater with us. Hundred fucking percent. <laughs> <laughs> and Toby's the Spider-Man. No, it's going to be Tom Holland is going to be oh. the main one. But the but the Toby heavy, and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it. Too, the heavy right? rumor, yeah. yeah, is that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be. So back. he he doesn't do comics or superheroes mm-hmm. and things. Yeah, sorry, there's, I'm like relaying right now. There's oh, something called the multiverse theory, like in physics itself as well as in comics, where every possible reality out there exists. And so, essentially, the multiverse has broken up, and so you have the different spider people, the different Spider-Men in the movie, as well as villains from all the different movies, for just, like, one wild catastrophe, because basically, um, Tom Holland couldn't keep it in his pants with MJ and wanting her to know and stay knowing that she <laughs> that he was Spider-Man. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's keep, my, that's my theory. Keep that spider in your pants. <laughs> um... <laughs> but it broke it. That that's essentially what all of this has been happening in Marvel is a lot of different things. The multiverse is breaking apart and shit. Crazy. Um, but okay. it's it, it should be a pretty wild and entertaining movie for sure. Yeah. And if you want to know more about any multiverse kind of stuff, or maybe the multiverse of sports, 
The 323 is presenting a brand new podcast, just so we can break this in. <laughs> Emily Sissel asks, what if? Brand new podcast. Emily, can you give us a brief synopsis of this podcast? Yeah, uh, I take moments of sports history um, and rather than just looking at it as a single moment in sport, looking at it on a greater societal impact, uh, how it impacts, you know, the culture, the people, the governments, the economics, how they all, how it interacts with everybody. Um, so the first one is already out on the 323 network, but soon it'll be its own separate thing that you can look up of Emily Sissel asks, what if? And the second one will be about uh, the Battle of the Sexes and Billie Jean King. Um, and the third one will be, well, you, you just got to go yeah, and find gotta, out. Got, I already, to, I already know wait. what it is, but I'm not going to spoil it. You have to listen to the second it. episode to hear it. it. <laughs> and they're very short episodes, like 12 to 15 minutes. Yeah, they're short the most, because so. I know people don't like listening to history all the time, like Justin and I. So, <laughs> so check. I got to say, though, I'm going to have to get in on that Battle of the Sexes uh, is it already been filmed? It's already recorded, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry, recorded. We'll have a reaction show. Ooh. Okay. We can have a reaction show. There you Where go. We learn <laughs> what Scott learned, what Scott and I learned. and I'm assuming the word Bi- Billie Jean King means tennis. It does. Yes. If you got that excited. Battle but of that, the Sexes? The Battle of oh the Sexes. Oh, my God. I can't believe you know I, Battle of the Sexes. The Battle of the Sexes match was not a fair, like, assessment of male versus female in the same sport. Oh, we're gonna have a whole. Know. We're gonna have a whole show. Know. Like not oh. even oh. close. You can't take an elderly man against a female in her prime and think that that's gonna give us an accurate. I, I don't have a ding 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 noise, but ding okay. ding ding. We're gonna cut this here because this will be. I'm looking at M's Should face. I not this be is going to become a whole. Too? This will become a whole show on its own. <laughs> I would love to have this debate. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have this debate. We're gonna have this debate on here. And I, by the, by the way, I'm not like the kind of person that thinks like you know. Males are going to be always be, you know, not at all. Right. It's just like in that one isolated moment, I don't think that it's a fair assessment. But it was great for marketing and it was great for, for culture and society. And you can hear more about the what ifs <laughs> if, if everything went differently on the newest episode of Emily Sissel Asks What If. Newest episode and its whole stream will premiere this week. We're getting a logo. I think it's specifically Emily Sissel asks, what if the patriarchy ruled the world? Mm. Yeah, that'll be the episode name. We first will one, send out all the links. First one is Emily Sissel asks, what if Hitler won the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a great one. I, I, w- I listened to that before I came here, and that was really great. Yeah. Mad props to that. Very, very proud of this production. Please listen Ye- to this it. This is since his we, best since producing, since, seriously. Since we've been gone, a whole new show. <laughs> in the midst of this one but also since we've been gone the las vegas raiders we went from asking are okay. they for real every week we'd ask are the raiders for real and now we know they are no. in real trouble <laughs> it's scott a, was correct every week they have been in a bad place since we've been gone they have had their star wide receiver henry ruggs this is the most recent case he was involved in a drunk driving accident he was the drunk driver he uh i believe two hours after two hours after the crash registered with a 0.162 i just know it was double legal limit out there right and that that was two hours after so at the time who even knows going 156 miles per hour in a residential zone crashed into a car in front of him 
it was 23-year-old Tina Trenter. She passed away, unfortunately, at the scene. And her dog. Ruggs was in the car with his girlfriend. Ruggs has now been charged with several different counts. Sorry, I got distracted. I know you saw me look at the screen. <laughs> got distracted. We have a game going. This is also the Sunday hangover at the same time. But yes, Ruggs was... Ruggs is being... He's facing pretty much two to 20 years at a minimum with all the charges. He even had a loaded gun in the car. So he was released by the Raiders. Gone. Star young receiver gone. Also, their, you know, favorite coach, Raiders fans' favorite coach of all time, John Gruden, the face of the Raiders, of Bucks. Did he win the championship with the Bucks? He did. Yeah. And most people say that was with like Dungy's team. With Tony yeah. Dungy's team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also the face of Hooters and uh Corona beer for quite, quite a, a time. Yep. And voice of Monday night football. What could go wrong with John Gruden? Every you, you just ask if they're for real every week. It's not. But he had a ten-year, one hundred million-dollar contract. Turns out, emails from you know over the past eight, d- nine years, right? Yeah, Maybe mm-hmm. more. all leaked out from, of course, the investigation into my Washington football team and our toxic culture. Bruce links, Allen, right? Yep, links back to our former GM, Bruce Allen, homophobic. Racist, con- pretty much Gruden. It was almost impressive that he hit just about everybody that you could, any any minority, anything that you could. Anybody think of. he could discriminate against, he would. Except, I think, I think Hispanic people. I don't think he. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think I heard anything coming out for that one. Nothing either. about that, and I would be offended if I were. Hispanic. I was offended because he didn't do it. Right? Yeah, I was like, what about us? <laughs> Naturally, he was fired. He had to take the blow for. Dan Snyder and the Washington football team. John Gruden's gone. Their coach is gone. They haven't been too terrible with their interim coach. They bounced back pretty quick. I mean, they won the next game after the um, release. Next two games, I believe. Yeah, I mean, props to them for as, a, as an organization you know, mm-hmm. for handling that <clears throat> in a professional manner. I give them props. I give their quarterback, Derek Carr, props for he's a he's – described himself a man of high faith and everything he's you know and he's very been giving great speeches forgiving john gruden and forgiving henry ruggs and wanting to be there for both of them they're trying their best but you know it's a hard second year in las vegas first year no fans allowed in the stadium second year fans are allowed in the stadium and we're gonna burn it all to the ground ourselves I believe even an accusation came out against their star young cornerback, Damon Arnett, over the last couple of days of him being in a reckless driving case. This is a new one to me. I haven't heard this one yet. Neither have I. That just came out. Yeah. Uh-oh. So. I think it's easier to, I mean, my personal opinion, I think it's easier to forgive Ruggs than it is to forgive Gruden. Absolutely. Um, I mean, notwithstanding the, the death, I mean, that, that's Clearly, like horrific, mm-hmm. but Rugs didn't intend for this to happen that way. Right, he made a awful decision. Yes, awful decision. John Series of awful Gruden, decisions. Gruden, though, you knew who you were emailing. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were saying on a company. On a, that's the biggest right. thing. It's a company email. Yeah, you know, I mean, clearly, we're all, we're all human. 
mm-hmm. everybody you know like we all live in a culture where at our employ at our our employers would say things like you know don't gossip okay well okay a real talk people gossip okay yeah. people do they talk mm-hmm. it's one thing for like hypothetically me emily and i to sit there and chat about something on the job it's totally different if i email her on company you know on the like city schools website or you know or, or a web server right and say things that are hateful or condescending mm-hmm. and to do it to me implies such a level of entitlement and it implies that clearly like this whole system of coaches and owners and GMs in the NFL there they've got to be somewhat complicit yeah to let this sort of thing slide because I don't know if you guys have heard um, like what um, Keyshawn Johnson has said about Gruden and he's been on the record for years saying how Gruden is a terrible, terrible human being. Mm-hmm. And it's just been his testimony. He has not had any proof. But this exemplifies what he's been saying. Because if someone's willing to say these sorts of things in email correspondence, then what do they say at practice when there's nobody around to record them? Mm-hmm. You know, what do they say... Even uh, like even behind closed doors, when he and whoever maybe they're having drinks or something, like then what are where does it go? Because the the language was just so unacceptable, so hateful, and it almost makes me question his ability to run a team if you feel this way about other humans, especially humans that were on the team of how two-faced he is the especially the homophobic stuff that he was mm-hmm. saying and then he goes around touting our guy Carl Nassib, Carl Nassib yeah who was i believe the first openly or first player to come out aside from the the guy who came out of Mizzou the defensive lineman Michael that, Sam. yeah Michael Sam's mm-hmm. like aside from him i think uh Carl Nassib is probably one of the only other yeah Having a, having a great wow. season, and John Gruden's out here touting him and propping him up, and then these emails come out. How is he supposed to feel about this? Yeah, because he just referred to Michael Sam as a queer. Yeah. Not mean, I know that queer can be a technical term, mm-hmm. but it can also be a slur. Right. If you're using it as a slur in the way that Gruden used it when he was referring to the draft process. Mm-hmm. With regards to Michael Sam, look, Michael Sam clearly was not that good of a professional prospect. Right. Amazing college player, mm-hmm. not a great professional prospect. Him being a homosexual has nothing to do with anything regarding him as a pro prospect. Nope. So if you if you refer to his ability to jump, to run, to do, you know, to tackle, size, speed, if you refer to those things and you say, you know what, he's not like a pro, you know, a pro, pro, pro prospect, mm-hmm. that's fair. But then, if you're gonna, but if you're gonna go to the, the fact that he's gay, then, like, you shouldn't be assessing talent if you're going to comment on something that isn't even one of the criteria you would have to assess. Mm-hmm. That's part of your personal belief system, not part of the professional criteria. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the it's the same thing with you know have like. 
it's what anybody in a government position or judges have to do is that they have to base things on a professional criteria, not your own personal belief system. Because mm-hmm. then you're adding a criteria because clearly it would make sense as a coach mm-hmm. to critique somebody, somebody on athletic prowess. Yeah. If you are going to make an additional like criteria, criteria and it's going to be your personal beliefs or your sexual orientation, well, then this is getting out of hand now. Mm-hmm. And I like that you touched on the systemic part of this within the NFL with coaches in general and everything because you saw how the process – it was funny to me the process of getting Gruden fired over these emails and how what had to be leaked in order to do it because it all started on a Thursday – when he was criticizing NFLPA president Demore Smith, and the email came out of him saying that he's got lips as big as Michelin tires, and Gruden tried to defend it. Try to walk it back. A he said bit. it was about lying. Like right. Somebody exactly. lies. Right. He's saying he called him rubber lips or whatever. Which right. is ridiculous. Right. If and that is a saying, and it has it has a racist background to oh, it. A hundred percent. So he tried to defend it with that. And then he tried to cover ground on top of that by saying, he was like, yeah, I also probably said some stuff about Roger Goodell in it, too. And so those emails leak of him calling Roger Goodell a bitch. And I think that's what got the NFL to say. He was like, no, yeah, he's got to go. And then Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, still hell-bent on not firing him. That's when all the emails had to come out, all the homophobic words, all the racial slurs, everything, all the shit he was talking about, different players and player safety and health concerns and the lack that's of That's serious, care. too. Like the yeah. player safety thing, that's a big – and that, that's a huge thing for the NFL. Right. Thought the study of concussions was ruining the game. Right. If you want to – I mean, I'm not here to, like, defend Gruden's uh, – his verbiage, but – if you if like if he were to call um, Goodell a bitch, yeah, that's the least of my worries, right? Because I know how that phrase can be thrown around mm-hmm. um, in a tongue in cheek kind of manner. Uh, so you could defend that one, yeah, yeah. I'm sure because a lot of people have called Roger Goodell a bitch over the last. But if you're going to talk about lips flapping and like yeah. rubber lips, mm-hmm. and then you're going to refer, you know, talk about the game being. Um, like less effective because of CTE and concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. These, and then on top of that, you're going to, re- you know, talk about Michael Sam and other and players that are homosexual or that are a part of the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. in condescending manners. Like now you, you don't have any place working with humans really. Right. Yeah. It's just been, it's been a disaster and he makes you think, it made everybody think. It's made Congress think. What are other coaches? What are other owners, GMs, presidents saying, especially in emails, in the 600,000-plus emails that were part of that investigation? Yeah, look at Phoenix right now and the Phoenix yeah, Suns. Yeah, I was going to say, that just came out the other day. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns and that crisis that's happening there. That's hard to um, – that's a harder uh, – in my opinion, that's harder – to uh, like truly analyze because it's all he said. It's all hearsay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Gruden, we have email evidence. If you if you're, if you're looking at years ago, like Donald Sterling, we have a phone, a taped phone conversation. Yes. But with the Phoenix Suns um, 
employee it's it's people saying they heard it now i don't it, it sounds bad mm-hmm. but unless you have concrete evidence that these words or phrases were said then it's difficult to say you know you should be out right because he could just then you know, he, you know like he is he's denying it mm-hmm. which he's i mean in his case he should do it that's what you know so all of this is breaking down and if you look deep into these organizations you're going to find a lot of seedy shit and a lot of shit the they don't learn you can see just in the houston texans owner cal mcnair within a couple of weeks after the last year of everything that's been going on with asian hate and trying to prop against that he still uses a slur against asian people at some dinner party that he thought was a private meeting and that you know the words got out he has to apologize for that they don't learn and if congress is able to have their way and get those emails released or have the nfl release the full emails which i don't believe roger goodell will ever do he's it, not doing that no he won't do the new york times washington post owned by jeff bezos potential washington football team <laughs> owner wanting daniel snyder gone might be able to dig up some stuff to help that further the process but makes you wonder though like people in congress what do people what are, what are people saying in their private mm-hmm. i mean i know it's private so when if it's private then it, it literally it's private right you know i'm i'm a teacher what i want all of my conversations to be exposed out the the yeah. difference between a private conversation what's been kind of coming out with everything else is the fact that it's been going on you know company and franchise servers and things like that because at that point in time yeah. you're essentially a voice of the franchise mm-hmm. and that's, it's one thing to have a private conversation with somebody one on one no matter what your viewpoint is on anything because mm-hmm. no one's ever going to agree with everything that you say no but it's different to having to have a private conversation like between me and you mm-hmm. randomly and then if me or like you were saying if you and Emily actually had an email thread on the actual company server that actually had clear and hateful language there, right. you're clearly representatives of the school system. Right. Yeah. So that's what that's where that kind of that that muddy of the water kind of happens. It's kind of like okay, well, where do you draw the line between personal conversation and then workplace conversation? But then that's but, where I kind of think about it in the sense of what if it were not via the company email server? Yeah. What if, hypothetically speaking, what if I were was to be talking with Emily about something? And then somebody recorded it, mm-hmm. and it was private, just like Donald Sterling had that conversation yeah. in a private situation, and it gets out. Well, then, like, if it's in terms of, like, a court, that's illegal. It can be thrown out because you're getting recorded and filmed without your permission. Yeah, because it all comes down to the state laws. And but so it wasn't in court. That was more of, like, the owners right. heard it. They yeah. decided to vote him out. And that's the thing with it. Public reputation will never recover for, from it. It's you And can, if you're a work by Will State, it doesn't matter. They can release you. Right. So then that would be a situation where my private conversation, if somebody were to record it and release that, you know, release it, then, yes, it's private. Yes, it's not on company uh property yeah but it still would be damaging since we've been gone <laughs> seediness is just don't down. say racist or homophobic right. stuff just you know basic things they should already know about don't be this. an asshole exactly well we made fun of the kool-aid kid don't be a dick we well, get fired. i well one they don't know who that is <laughs> and two <laughs> 
You're uh, the one that put that in my mind oh when you initially God. brought so it up. So now I'm the one. Ago. I'm the scapegoat. The first show he's on, he's going to get fired. I'm the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, That's all part of the plan our, to make him full-time. On <laughs> because the- our employers... <laughs> Our employers definitely ris- listen to the 323 with Reed Murphy. But I will say, Emily, they don't know who we're talking about, but it's pretty sh- freaking sh- obvious. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe it's Reed can cut things. Okay. That's Since the we've beauty been gone. of podcast. That doesn't mean anything. We didn't say anything about anybody. What we else said we nothing. We <laughs> said nothing. Before anybody gets fired. I got anything. nothing to lose. I don't even drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> Since we've been gone, catching up, <laughs> we've caught up to the most recent item as we're getting into with today's games. If you noticed in the Packers-Chiefs game, Jordan Love got his first start at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and that is because Aaron Rodgers, give reigning him, NFL little, MVP. Give him a little fanfare. It was his first start. Hooray! Hooray! I don't have the fanfare loaded up, so that's all he gets for oh. a third. We're still a, rusty. Maybe next time for a thirteen to seven loss, you get Scott Elliott fanfare. Hooray! Perfect. He made his first start today. They lost thirteen to seven. He only started because reigning NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID nineteen. But wait, wasn't he vaccinated, Reed? You no, would, you would think. <laughs> and if you asked Aaron Rodgers. He's immunized. Back during the preseason, say, Aaron, did you get the vaccine? Yeah, I'm immunized. Is an actual quote. He. This is in August, right? This was in August, yep. As. He wasn't totally lying, I guess. Quote unquote. According to Twitter and Twitter trends, hashtag Aaron Rodgers lied. (laughs) He's lost an endorsement deal already with a local healthcare company in Green Bay. It's not. It's not great for him, for the prospective host of Jeopardy. At it's the totally deceitful yeah. on his part mm-hmm. to use the phrase immunized, knowing that um, the press, maybe it's the fault of the press for not pressing, I mean, harder and saying, well, what do you mean by immunized? And that's an argument he made. Yeah. Well, fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. But if you're going to say you're immunized, and then if if you're attempting to lead people to believe that that in, implies that you're vaccinated, and then you are in meetings, you're on the field, you are in press briefings where you are not masked, you are immunized but not vaccinated, so then you are hurting, potentially hurting others around you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's a really bad look for him. It and, and and if you're gonna, if he's going to make those kinds of statements or a statement that is misleading, then it makes me kind of wonder what do we believe about his statements with regards to the Green Bay Packers organization when he talks about the coaches and all that and what they haven't done. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be less than 100% candid about something as serious as vaccinating, could you also then be less than 100% candid about your opinions on the organization and how people have handled your career, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera? 
where does it stop? We it's a slippery slope to where does where does Aaron Rodgers' um, deceitfulness like stop? And it comes from somebody who touts who's been touted as one of the more honest quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of times you just get traditional quarterback talk from these guys when they're doing their interviews. They sound like robots. He is usually pretty candid. He does his weekly guest spots on the Pat McAfee show. And, I mean, he got very candid this week about it when they were talking to him about it, saying, you know, in his defense, he's allergic. According to himself, he's allergic to an ingredient in the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, and he was going to get the J&J. Started seeing the blood clot issues people were having and said, that's not for me, and started taking um, the drug Ivermedicin, which has been touted by a lot of people, Joe Rogan, a lot of people who are against the vaccine are using this. And Ivermedicine, to give the proper context to it, because I don't want to just call it what I have been calling it of a horse dewormer, (laughs) Ivermedicine is a generic drug that has been used for decades to treat river blindness, scabies, and even head lice. Veterinarians also use it in different formulations and dosages to treat animals for parasites like worms. There are a lot of people who believe that ivermedicine gives you the antibodies you need. It fights off COVID. You're good like that. That's what he's been taking. It is not regulated by the FDC. By the FDA. If that's the case, FDA. FDA. I almost said FDC because you I've been had working CDC at Target. And FDA yeah. all in your head. <laughs> if that's the case, then then you should still be taking the proper protocol when you are on the field. I think that's where a lot of the issues are. It's like, if you're not going to do it, then be like Kirk, who's come out straight up saying, I'm not going to get it. But at least he's doing all the proper things. He's he's masked on the sidelines. He's masked up. Same thing. He doesn't want to get the vaccine. He's masked up in press conferences. Mm -hmm. So he's at least like he's showing you that. He's conscientious of of his decision. Mm -hmm. He's still taking the proper steps for people around him. was misleading the public and then doesn't tell the public the things that you were mentioning, Reed, about how. You know, he has these hang-ups about the vaccine. Right. um, Which he doesn't have to say. Mm -hmm. Sure. But when you're, I don't know, I guess I I feel like when you're in a position like like this, Mm -hmm. I think it's incumbent upon you a little bit more to be a little bit more candid about what you're doing with regards to your own personal health Mm -hmm. and how that will affect others around you. And and that's where this... At what you just said right there is where this goes to the entire system of this vaccine and this virus of just think about other people. Think about the, just just simple protocols. He was doing his post-game press conferences and his interviews with Aaron Andrews after the big Fox game every week. No mask. You assume he's not vaccinated because that's part of the protocol. And the rest of the NFL, according to Jay Glazer this morning on Fox NFL Sunday, a lot of other teams in the league are pressuring the NFL to do something about this because Aaron helpfully threw the Packers under the bus during his interview saying, well, they let me everything. Right. They let me go against these protocols. Everybody in the building knew. That's true. And it's true. They did let him. Yeah, this falls on the Packers just as much for falling in into line of what their star quarterback wants to do. A lot of other teams in the league are wondering, well, if he gets – that preferential treatment. Why can't we do right. that for Carson Wentz? Why can't we Correct. do that for Kirk Cousins? So then, really, what it would, what the situation, um, 
what it sounds like to me is if this is okay for Green Bay to do with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. this exact same thing should and would be okay for every single NFL player in the entire league. Yep. They could all be, quote unquote, immune as a, immune as, what is the word? I'm sorry, I'm messing Immun- it up. It's immunized. a tough one. Immunized. Uh, immunized, I'm sorry. They could all be immunized, not vaccinated, and go up play on Sunday, mm-hmm. no mask, after the, you know, after the fact. No mask when they, you know, shake hands after the game. So this exact situation should be okay for every other NFL player mm-hmm. if it's okay for Aaron Rodgers. And it's a slippery slope kind of case that I'm very curious to watch how it plays out this week. Packers coach Matt LaFleur already said in his post-game press conference that Aaron will start on Sunday if he if he can if he's cleared to start, he will start. LaFleur was shook in that interview. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was shook in that interview. He doesn't know what he's trying to say just the right thing. He even had an eye good eye roll at yeah. the end of it. Right, no, he's just trying to, like, just kind of right the ship as much as he can at this point. And that's all he can do at this point. It's just, if I'm curious to see if the NFL is going to try and make an example of out him. of Aaron Rodgers. I at that point, there's no, there's no better candidate at that point because he is arguably the best, you know, talented quarterback in the league. Yeah. Who's he's the reigning than, MVP. I wouldn't right. dispute that at all. He, yeah. I think he is the most talented quarterback. But that's the, the thing. It's like if, if it's your choice not to get the vaccine, by all means, it's your right as a human to do whatever you want. But mm-hmm. like you said, when you're taking that risk of everybody else around you, you're not following the standard protocol for everything else, that's where it becomes an issue because you're still employed by the franchise. Right. If the franchise is making out this and the league is making these out to being like what the standard procedures are going to be, you need to follow them. And there should be, I would assume, there there would be a protocol if you choose not to be vaccinated. Then what do you need to do in the absence of the vaccine? Yeah. In terms of, like, when you're on the sidelines, when you're in the interviews. And that is the protocol. That and- you have to be masked. Well, the and for it. the Buccaneers, they had made it like the protocol that everybody would get vaccinated. And who was the one guy that was like really hesitant? It was it took um, forever. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And was like very hesitant about the big it. reason was because all the protocols they put in place, especially during practice, because he was so limited in what he could do with interactions with his own teammates and even just being able to practice with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, it is your choice. It is your freedom to get the vaccine or to not get the vaccine. Kyrie Irving is, you know, made that clear. But in this, that's in a this, different. That's a different story. <laughs> in this scenario, no, he's not even opposed to the vaccine. He right. doesn't. He just wants to use his voice to. Right. Yeah. It's weird. He's that, done. I mean, oh, yeah. he's got. He's had so many conspiracy things go toward it about. The vac- at one point, he was liking tweets about how the vaccine is created by the government to help control black, he black that, population he yeah. also said that uh the flat earth theory i think is maybe like a oh, thing he's been he's been oh, a, yeah. a, he's that's been out for a couple years now he he's, a, he's no, a I know. big person for flat earth but and um, i think he thinks dinosaurs were created by something else by john hammond from jurassic park <laughs> but in this there case, are a bunch of godzilla bones around i i i respect Kyrie a little bit more for whatever definition i can give the word respect i respect it a little bit more for how he's handled his situation and being honest about not being vaccinated and why why he doesn't want to do it staying away from the nets i mean they suspended him but it's the transparency part of it it's the transparency and then aaron 
I disagree, Reed, a little bit. I mean, I disagree on the um, the premise that, like, Kyrie recruited, like, quote-unquote, recruited mm-hmm. Harden and Durant to come play in New Jersey. Yes. I'm sorry, not New Jersey. I'm sorry, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. In Brooklyn. And so they're over here busting their hump. Dude, these are two of the best players in the history of the league. Yeah. Three of the best players in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. And they these guys are, like, ready to win a championship. And then Kyrie going to sit out here and fake or do whatever because of the vaccine when – your, you know, your brothers are out there playing, mm-hmm. and you, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. If I were Kevin Durant mm-hmm. or Harden, I would be sick to my stomach, and I would be like, you know what, get me out of here then. Oh yeah, because I came here to play with Harden and Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. not. And KD had KD had a great quote on that when somebody asked him. They said, "Are you mad at him?" And he he just said simply, "He's like, what is Mag gonna do? What's Mag gonna right. do about this?" I I get what you're saying and everything. I the selfishness is I don't that's what it is. And when it rolls down to with Kyrie, what's happening here? It's incredibly selfish what he's doing to that team. I think it's the same with Aaron, but the case just in this and that. We've made it to just about the midpoint of the season in the NFL. You're rolling. The Packers are rolling. This happens. Shakes everybody up. A suspension could be looming, and you see what happened today. They got their asses kicked by a bad Kansas City defense. I was about to say, you got to look at the, the the you know the potential implications for playoffs. I mean, that should have been if, – if Rodgers was there, I think it would have been no doubt in anyone's mind that the Packers are going to walk away for that, with that. Yeah, with that I mean – Rodgers mm-hmm. not being there costs them possible home field advantage. Oh, yeah. And when you're playing at Lambeau, mm-hmm. home field is a huge Oh, thing. yeah. It, it, imagine the difference for the Rams, for the L.A. Rams, having to go from Los Angeles oh, yeah. to Lambeau yeah, yeah. in January. Right. Or Tampa. <laughs> or Tampa. Yeah. So it's massive implications. We we have caught up on since we've been gone. There we go. We are now here. We We're did. all here. That happened today. The Packers lost 13-7 to to the Chiefs. A lot happened today as we're currently in the middle of Sunday night football, Rams versus Titans, without Derrick Henry. Since we've been gone, the Titans lost King Henry. He was doing great. Rest in peace to Jeremiah Fletcher and his fantasy team. I'm not re- – no. <laughs> held on to Derrick Henry for That's dear he life. And this happens. Derrick Henry's done for the season – Titans are, you know, they're on the rebound. We'll see if they can live without him with Ryan Tannehill. Other things that happened today, good God, Sam Darnold. We already went into that, but God. Christian McCaffrey came back. Jordan Love made his debut for the Packers. His poor mom also made her debut for the Packers in the stands of of Arrowhead. (laughs) She has been... To every one of her son's games since high school, since he was redshirting in college, I'm sorry. So they got her tickets for the game in Kansas City to make sure she can see her son play. This is where the Fox Cruise found his mom and his girlfriend. 
Is she in the stands? The very yep. last row. Yes, Nosebleeds? Very last row. Wait, who got her the those tickets? Did Kansas City get her those tickets? Well, I, I expect that from Kansas City. That makes sense. They're not going to put him like her on the That's front row. That's ridiculous. But still. But his mom in the top, top row of the stadium. Almost like you, she leans back for a yawn and she might be out of there. <laughs> you know, I don't fault the Chiefs for doing that. I can see, like, okay, we'll do you a favor, get you some tickets, and come see your son play, but it's going to be what we're going to pick. Mm-hmm. I, nah. I would have put her in a suite, like a box. I would have right. been, pe- been petty. I would have done that. <laughs> that's what I would have done. Like, okay, you want to come? You're getting the worst well, in the house. That's the Patriots Buccaneers. Yeah, that is what it is. A, it's just the hatefulness yeah, inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done the same exact thing. You can watch it from the TV out in the stadium. They were actually watching the game, like highlights of the game, on their phones. He scored a touchdown. He scored the touchdown. <laughs> they're looking at it on their phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm like out of line, but let me. I'll even say this: if I, let's say, like I came to, I mean, a Mary Washington game, and you know, if Emily, you were like, "Hey, Justin, come to the Mary Washington game." I've got, you know, I'm the big wig up here. I expect to be. In a nice little suite, mm-hmm. maybe. I expect to be served some drinks nope. and some food. And if you put me in the worst seat in the whole arena, <laughs> I would feel some kind of way about that. And I'd be like, man, you know, I thought Miss Sizzle was cool, but. You no, know, I'm being an asshole. I'm doing the same exact thing. I am not thinking about that one. I mean, ultimately. That's just we, me. Maybe I'm <laughs> wrong. Maybe, you know. I think Miss Sizzle owes Jordan Love's mama. Apology for well, this because why this is a, do I look, you know what you did. This. This is, you did. My this. You did this. this was you. My example is because I know you, not, <laughs> not anything else. You know what you did. Damn it. Also, Ooh, why, you know have, why am I Miss Sissel right now? I'm oh Miss C. My bad. No. Emily Sissel. Thank you. <laughs> That's going to be the new intro. Anytime look, she I, look, hey, I get 48 hours of peace and quiet without those little assholes. Yeah. Because that's what middle schoolers are. They're all little assholes. Sorry, Miss Sissel. My, I, just, my <laughs> bad. Now you're sitting here with these big my assholes. Bad. If you want, you can call me Mr. Marlowe for a couple of times. Just to, like even the, even the playing field. That's cool. Also, finally, for the day, one of the best things to happen today, the Jaguars. Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Upset. Three was. Like, spoiler, I was <laughs> hyping it up. Was that a was game a of five scene. field goals? It was a All game field of goals. five yeah. field goals, yeah. And the Jaguars ultimately got the most field goals. Can you hear? Did I do something? No, I can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear? I think they finally broke. <laughs> Shout out to Beats by Dre, <laughs> being the worst headphones in a bunch of fools. <laughs> They're plugged in. The only way we'll change their, your mi- our mind about that statement is if Dre, you send us free headphones and we'll test so, them again. Exactly, <laughs> Dr. Dre, ahead of your Super Bowl appearance with Kendrick Lamar and Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige, set us as a priority. Right, get us to the game. With a pair of your nicest Bluetooth headphones. You know what? We could have a nice little discussion about Dr. Dre and his career. Um, not today, but I mean, I'm saying like another time. <laughs> I want to have that conversation. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about yeah, with sure. him. Yeah, heck yeah, there is. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Marlowe is going to be a regular on this show. we got a lot to talk about here. We got, Thank you. Yeah, doing good. But as Emily, Miss 
You know what? Miss Sissel oh for God. spoiling this shit. Yeah, spoiling my hype. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, it was Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. God. That was the Jaguars-Bills game. I wanted to hype it up. That's what happened. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Their starting quarterback, star quarterback at that, possible MVP candidate. Did not look like an MVP candidate today. He had to go up against the Jaguars' defensive end, their star end, Josh Allen, who was drafted in the first round a year after Buffalo Bills' Josh Allen was drafted in the first round. Josh Allen of the Jaguars sacked Josh Allen of the Pills. He intercepted Josh Allen of the Bills, and he caused a fumble and recovered a fumble from Josh Allen of the Bills. It was the Josh Allen Bowl and the Jaguars, Urban Myers. Creepy uncle ass <clears throat> somehow pulled it out and got the upset of the, the University day. of Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Urban Meyer yeah. about to be done. He's quick. <laughs> he I don't see him doing more than this season. He just looks. He smiled for the first time today. We're mid season. Maybe they can turn it around. It's just. Can you imagine what a coach that is as um, renowned as an Urban Meyer is? On the collegiate level, yeah. When you know when you switch it up and you try to go pro, and then your success level is it pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. Don't you think like the brain goes to a place where it's like I gotta go back to what I know? I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean you saw that with Nick Saban when he came out and went from LSU to and Miami? went to Miami and came mm-hmm. back and went it to was Alabama. Terrible. Awful. I think really the only coach that's kind of transcended the collegiate level and the NFL is probably Pete Carroll, D- Jimmy he, Johnson, I and think, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I think those yeah. two are the only two that have really actually done it successfully mm-hmm. in any kind of way. But I think you're correct. You know, they come out of college. They're used to a very certain, not so much a lifestyle, but definitely a different type of program to the collegiate level. You're completely in charge of these. You're, right. It's young. It's young dudes. Like it's you. Like you don't have to deal with any kind of uh, owner of a team no. or any of this kind of stuff. You're getting paid crazy amounts of money. To, right. You know, and you get different kids every year. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to fight for people on the way on free agents or anything like that. You get. And, you're doing the recruiting yourself years in advance. And as many as you want. Right. As many as you want. They don't have that here. And these are grown-ass men in the NFL who are making more money than you, the large chunk of them. Well, then it's like, and you got to think about it, too. Like, even, like, at the championship level, like, when you, just because you win a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot like you would if you got, like, the, like the actually got the national title for the college. Right. I mean, you look at um, Doug Peterson with the Eagles. He got the Super Bowl. He had maybe, mm-hmm. what, a season or two after that, and he was gone yep. immediately. Monkey's like, it doesn't hold that much of a weight, you know, as far I as mean, the NFL Jimmy goes. Johnson won two in a row and then Jerry Jones just whatever sort of like turmoil was going on between them yeah but I think that goes back to what I was saying like you don't have that clash like Jerry like Jerry Jones is definitely a very strong personality Mm -hmm. I don't think he's gonna really bow down to anybody let alone you know Jimmy who's winning two Super Bowls back to back he's it's gonna be Jerry's way or that's a problem for in my opinion I mean we're talking about opinions that's that's a problem for for Jerry because if Jerry is an owner and Jerry wants the legacy of the Cowboys to be a certain way under his time as owner, mm-hmm. and then you have a guy who clearly was galvanizing. I mean, like, what was it, 89, 1989, when the Cowboys were 1 in 15? Mm-hmm. And then in Aikman's first year, and then they turn it around and they get a little better. Yep. And they get Emmett Smith, and they get Michael Irvin, and they get Alvin Harper, and they get uh, Novacek, and and Norton on defense, and then they co- they go from one to fifteen to respectable in ninety to ninety one, 
Super Bowl, 92 Super Bowl, 94, I think, for Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They, and then and that was under Barry Switzer, by the way. That was not under Jimmy Johnson. But uh, to have, I mean, Jimmy Johnson with Dallas was that guy. And for Jerry Jones, I mean, to let the ego get in the way of your of your team's success, like who knows? You we could be talking about the Cowboys being like the Patriots of the early nineties. Oh yeah, if if they don't let that happen, mm-hmm. possibly. I mean, that's hypothetical, but yeah. You know? No, you're you're not out of the you know the realm of possibility. I think it's just Jerry is just that's who Jerry Jones is. He wants to be the the reason why the Cowboys succeed. At that point, he doesn't want anyone else taking the share of the glory, so he's going to do what he needs to do. Right. That's why no. that's why Mike McCarthy's his perfect coach oh, right God. now. Yeah. Well, that's also why. What's the other guy's name? Jason. Jason Garrett. Garrett. Jason, right? Yeah. The human yeah. meat puppet. That's why yeah. He was there for so long. <laughs> yeah. I think the only reason why Jerry got rid of Jason was because the Cowboys fan base was calling for Jason's head. They had yeah. to. Like that's yeah. the only reason they they just pushed him. To you do can't him. be eight and eight for <laughs> so many right. years. Yeah. So it just goes. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Meyer. <laughs> Finally, not he's not stroking out on the field today. It's he's he's good today. Nine to six victory. They hurt me. They hurt me today. They were one of my. I had a good five game parlay on DraftKings. Oh no, they weren't the only team, but they were the first one to that I saw. Right. I had a couple of losses, but the Bills losing today. Oh mm. God. But no. I will say, Urban Meyer, but with with Trevor Lawrence though. There's promise. If he has the gumption to stick around, if, if they want him to stick around, mm-hmm. you can build a – I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a great person to build around. Really? What are you shaking your head? So. That's just my Florida State bias. You don't think oh, so? Yeah. <laughs> That's just my Florida State bias. Fuck, fuck Trevor Lawrence. Piece of shit. Oh, so you're like – what, are you like a James Winston guy? Oh, 100%. Jameis, 30 for 30? Oh, 30, 30 picks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> National title winning Jameis Winston, 100%. Crab man. Crab Stealing crabs. From Stealing the crabs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Eating W's. Yeah, on the eating them up. Did you see him last week? Jameis Winston you tore his ACL. He was the other I know where you're one. going with this. <laughs> he tore his ACL. The Saints got a big come from behind victory. They got <laughs> this has been happening for a couple of years where the Saints locker room is the party of the year. Fog Post machines game. and lights. And Fog machine DJ lights. Are you serious? There. Yeah. It's you haven't seen the video? Thing. No. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I got to find it. Scott will find the video for you. <laughs> I do exactly what wait, you're going to talk about. They were partying after a regular, a regular game? They yep. do this every year. They've been doing this for a couple <laughs> years now, and Jameis has been like the center of it. Just Jameis Winston? He's just dancing every time. And so last week, they get this win. <laughs> First, as much first. as you try to describe it, it's not going to have the full effect oh, no. until he sees this. It's the best cinematography <laughs> in the world, too, of this video. Going through the locker room, going through the fog, through the dancing. Ultimately, and I can spoil it to you because it'll be awesome when you see it. This is after a regular season <laughs> win. After a regular season win. Just dancing on his crutches you in the you. middle of the locker room. Why is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, initially, he only tore his a- – it was a torn ACL. I truly believe that he tore the MCL. Oh, That's he, where that yeah. happened. It happened oh, no, during yeah. that. Yeah, no, he shredded that knee. He shredded it during that I'm dance. Coach, I'm going to be like, yo. Oh, you know Sean Payton's right in the middle of everything. Sean Payton is in the middle of oh, it, too. Oh, he was? Yeah, he's all he's, – 
The coach was involved. Coach is dancing oh, uh, every 100%. week. hundred percent. This is his thing. The GM should idea, just the whole... sit everybody for a week. Who do you think has the ox cord? <laughs> it's Sean Payton, of course. Who do you think created the playlist right. for this whole thing? <laughs> that is not okay, unless it's a Super Bowl party. That is just so funny. <laughs> the Saints, by the way, Saints lost today. <laughs> Massive, crazy end of game upset to the Atlanta Falcons. It's like the player who dances in the end zone when their team's down by like fifty points. That's that, that would be James Winston. <laughs> <laughs> what if they just started throwing crab legs at him? I'm surprised the... nobody's done that yet. Yeah, crab or just at least some imitation crab meat out of like a pack. I'm sure. That I'm sure they may have. He gets some California every... rolls mm-hmm. thrown yeah. at his face. And he'll Listen. Just, he'll, I, if, if someone's going to start throwing California rolls onto the field at the Saints, just make sure that I am on the sideline because I'll just be his safety net. I'll oh, make sure me he too. Get, I love. I'll it. make I sure he doesn't get hit with a single one. Yeah, I'll just be like taking him up, right? Soy sauce, on that joint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Some yum yum sauce. Mm. No, not for that. Oh, not for me. But that's not okay. my personal opinion. All right. Well, I'm hurt by that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what everybody else is hurt in our. Weekly, well, what, whatever, as weekly as it can be. We've been Monthly, off for a month. Quarterly. Everything. Whenever it happens. Yearly. <laughs> our favorite segment during this football season, Who Hurts You? So. I'm sure that music was great if I could hear oh, it. Oh, yeah, it would be great if you could hear it. Shout out to Dr. Dre again. <laughs> In this segment, Who Hurt You? It's pretty simple. We just go over who hurt us this week the most. Could be football, fantasy football. Could be life. It could be football in real life, like it happened to me on the very first week when a middle schooler from uh, what school was it in? Culpepper. Culpepper. Yeah, just straight up and tackled me <laughs> on the sideline. I heard about that. Yeah, every, yeah. Everybody was hearing you about. You need to have like a little, you need to have like a whiteboard on your wall saying days since last tackle by a middle schooler. Mm-hmm. Just keep the countdown down. I'm waiting for it again. But who hurt y'all this week? We'll start since it's your first time. We'll let you get warmed up. I'll go, Scott. Who hurt you? Well, it's a common threat for Florida State football. Okay. That's always just one that's been hurting me. I think I've come to terms with that whole situation. So, But I think who's been hurting me the most, we kind of tipped off to it a little bit earlier ago, and it's Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my starting quarterback for fantasy football for the first four weeks. He had a bad week. I was like, okay, he had to expect that. But then to go for the last five weeks, just completely shitting the bed. Um, and it's not even so much for play for him. Um, it's because uh, one of my top wide receivers I have on my team is DJ Moore, and he is a direct, um, directly affected by Sam Darnold's poor play. Mm-hmm. Kind of talked about it a little bit like at the beginning of the show and – Said, you know, his last game, competent game against Dallas, he scored 30 set, 33 fantasy points for me. Since then, collectively, last five weeks, 37 points. And that's only just translated over to DJ Moore. And if you look at the past, uh, the three losses, well, could, depending on if, if Kobe can pull out the win against me this week, which she probably will, because mm-hmm. apparently James Conner's back. You never know when he's going to show up. It's the James Conner game. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, but like, you just look at it. And I, the, la- the two losses that I have, I think collectively it's like seven points between the two games. Mm-hmm. And if Darnold just throws one touchdown, I'm good. Perfect. But no. Yeah. 
Sorry, sorry about Sam Darnold. Oh, he's con- he he is comfortably sitting where he should be right now, not on my bench, in the <laughs> waiver wire, where yeah. nobody should pick him up. He can't hurt you now, Justin. Who hurt you this week? Well, it's not really football related. Um, once again, I will say um, thank you to Reed and Emily for inviting me to the um, the Joss Cole event. Um, He's stealing mine. <laughs> I didn't even ask you about yours. <laughs> yeah. But the hurt me is the results of the election. We had an election um, this week. Yep. Yes. And um, I am hurt by it, not necessarily because of the, the results, but the reasons behind the results. I don't feel like the... Um, <clears throat> the individuals or the party that I personally voted for did enough to dispel the dog whistles. And the thing is, these people are, and I'm no disrespect to any of them, but these people are like politicians, mm-hmm. you know, this is their job. I feel like I could have done it on my own. Maybe yep. I'm just, maybe I'm just a freaking idiot. And I just, and I don't know how, I know I have no clue, but if they want to talk to me about this stuff, I would embrace it in a heartbeat, and mm-hmm. I would be a freaking dog. And I get that. I mean, that's that's been a common thread for the Democratic Party over the last few years of just lack of aggression. They're incredibly to, weak on that side. Yeah, when Republican side will, in credit to them, attack the hell out of whoever they're running against. And it was on, it was on display here in Virginia. We've become a purple state again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Northam out. He's, I mean, you can't, for those who don't live in Virginia, you cannot have consecutive terms in office as governor. It has to be somebody different the next time. Terry McAuliffe was our previous governor before Ralph Northam. Terry McAuliffe ran again, got the Democratic nomination, going up against Glenn Youngkin, America's dad. Lynn Youngkin, Donald Trump in a dad sweater. Very punchable face. Very mm-hmm. punchable face. He attacked the hell out of him with different great commercials, everything in credit to them. The Democratic Party sent me a flyer for Glenn Youngkin's endorsement by Donald Trump. I thought it was an ad from Glenn Youngkin. <laughs> you just, there was some writing on the wall, but it was a disappointing night. And we went to my cousin, Joshua Cole. He is the representative for the 28th District of Virginia in the Virginia House of Representatives. He was running up for... House of Delegates. House of Delegates, I'm sorry. He was running for re-election against uh, a, you know, this woman, Tara Durant, who was, had the money, former teacher, whole deal. In, also Trump-endorsed. In a district that is traditionally red. And jo- Josh ran a great campaign he ran a great campaign before when he got the seat got the major upset couldn't do it this time still love him still he's going to continue to do great things hopefully he will come on the show we've talked about it multiple times getting his velvet voice it's amazing oh it's oh oh we have a story you tell me what you no you do not you have no story <laughs> for josh to come on to do but 
You're not going to tell the story to Josh, are you? That's where it has to come out. You it can't take it on the show. show. It yeah. has to be on the show that Josh actually comes on. Right. Well, Emily made a good point um, at work <clears throat> earlier this week when she said uh, you mentioned the, the percentage of individuals that actually eligible voters who did vote. Yep. It's a very small percentage. 50%. Mm-hmm. 50%. Right. Of eligible yep. voters. I so, think these more important elections always just have that stigma where they don't want to do the popular you know, election where the presidential election, but people need to realize that that's not where yeah. true change actually happens. Mm-hmm. I think people need to get out there more during these times. I personally observed uh, or have observed, and this is, once again, maybe it's incorrect, but, you know, when I go out in public or when I'm at work, I see a lot of individuals, and it doesn't matter if they're part of um, a minority community or not, but I see a lot of people with... um black voters matter shirts on or masks on mm-hmm. or stop Asian hate. Or I see people with like their LGBTQ pride flags and that kind of thing. And, um, that's great. I, I love to see it. I just wonder if are these parents voting though? And what I would like to see is a candidate, I don't care what party that individual is for or, or representing, I would like to see a candidate that all of these sort of slightly fringe groups get behind so that it is like a legitimate movement, just like the Make America Great Again movement. I mean, I can't say it's not a movement, it was a movement. Right. I would like to see that happen, Mm -hmm. you know, where you can come together and have like minds and um, like uh, or or I guess perspectives that are sort of congruent and you can really, really just say the say things and 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 go at these erroneous dog whistle phrases that people get behind because they don't know anything. You know, if you went to one of these individuals who sits there and says, you know, we don't want parents in schools and we don't want to learn critical race theory. And if you went and actually sat and discussed this with those, these individuals and picked apart the new or the nuances of critical race theory, parental involvement in schools, um, I mean... Those are the main, like, those are really big. But if you pick it apart and just see where they stand after you do that. Mm-hmm. And if they still stand on their side, fine. Go ahead. I agree. It can be better said. Emily, was that the same thing that hurt you this Sorry. week? Mine specific. Well, he, he was more on the campaigns that were run. Mine specifically was my disappointment is Virginia voters in terms of the percentage that came out. Um, because... It, only 50% of people came out. Only 25% of them voted for Glenn Youngkin. That is only 25% of Virginia that thinks that Glenn Youngkin should be governor. That is so little. Like, how can we possibly say that that's actually what Virginia wanted if people didn't go out and actually voted? And it's my, like, per- like I hate listening to people complain about things happening in the government I'm like did you vote in the last election they say no and I'm like 
I don't want to hear your shit then <laughs> because you did not make your voice heard. You don't go out and protest. You do not contact your representatives. It is a participatory democracy. George Takei talks about it all the time. I saw him speak at AwesomeCon this year. I've seen his interviews. I've read his book. He was told from a very young age that the United States of America is a participatory democracy, which means that if we do nothing, it does not function and work the way it is supposed to. It is our civic responsibility to actually take part in our government and what happens in our lives. Does that mean that you are like 100% involved all the time? No, but it means that you should at least be taking 10 minutes out of your day to at least scan the news or watch some kind of news. You should be taking the time that if there is something happening, you should send a quick email or you should make a quick phone call. There are all kinds of templates out there on the internet for you to be able to help you for that. You can even do it in your native language because they can translate that shit now <laughs> and there's really no excuse. In fact, it is illegal for an employer to not give you time to go and vote on election day, which means if you need to come in late and extra long lunch break or you leave a little bit early from work, they are legally obligated to give you time to go and vote. Virginia has early voting open. You can do absentee. You can vote in person early. There is genuinely like no reason for you not to actually yeah, take part no in your excuse. government. There's no excuse. There is no excuse left by this point. The only, th the only thing that I could maybe see is that you didn't get to register in time. Because I, I will say it's kind of weird that the registration to vote closes, you know, so far in advance. Well, unfortunately, an I mean, Emily, do you know how many people like I know that just sit, simply just sit there and say, oh, I don't really know much about these candidates, so I'm not going to be uneducated and vote, so I'm just not going to vote. Yeah, and that's that's what really, you know, I, there, was, <laughs> there was somebody at work that said, <laughs> well, it's actually the, you know, person's job to convince me to vote for them. And I'm like, no. Yeah, no, it's not. That's not. It's yeah. your job to research the candidates and to vote accordingly. Correct. It is not their job to fund and finance massive campaigns to try and Correct. convince your vote. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's what, that is what the, you know, finance reform and campaign finance reform has been all about is to prevent that from happening. In addition that's to not that, what though, elections were supposed to be. You can easily go on to any candidate's website. Yeah, and find out what they're all and about. Look at their platform in five minutes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't and you can see if that aligns with what you think or not. It wasn't until twenty five years after the you know, the United States of America and the election of eighteen hundred that, you know, campaigning was even a thing mm -hmm. if you watch hamilton then you know i showed that that clip in class because it mm -hmm. was aaron burr he was the first one to openly campaign against another candidate it took them you know 25 years to get to that point a really long time yeah. so it just like that's not the candidate's job it's your job as a citizen of the united states of america to inform yourselves and to make decisions that's why there's a write-in option sorry i went off on like a whole tangent i Love did the, the passion though. i did passion. i did the same fucking thing in class to all of my students and they all looked at me going yes miss sissel we'll so register we're, when say, we're 18 like and we'll go vote right now just yelling at me I, <laughs> no. like i'm just shrinking like i voted i feel like i'm getting yelled at like, the what only did I do? thing that i ever i've told miss emily i'm sorry I'm you're good. Yes. the only thing i ever worry about when i'm working in emily's class is I'm just like, 
we seem really partisan, <laughs> but we're not supposed to do that. But I always wonder, I'm like, dang it, like we just go off the rails sometimes and I'll talk about things and then she'll talk about things. And I mean, it is clear where we stand. Mm-hmm. It happens. And, it is, but you know, I, I've made fair arguments for the right side all the time because it's not, I don't have anything against necessarily the right side. There are plenty of Republicans out there that are very socially liberal, but they're just economically on the Republican side. Right, but when it comes to s- social conservatism. Yeah, but I don't think that, and that's what really annoys me in terms of like the, the progressive and conservative side and the liberal conservative side is putting in those social constructs because if, sorry, I'm just, I'll stop. Well, I mean, it's it's difficult. difficult. I think that when you explain things in a very, very concise manner. Well, there's so many things that's just like, that's just equal rights. And there's so many, it's, it's just being, you know, equal and finding equity. And then there's also the fact that like, in terms of the LGBTQ plus and trans community, people are putting their religion in there. And there's a region why separation of church and state is a motherfucking thing. Uh, dumbasses. Totally, totally. Or I, we're going to end up in an Islam state. Where yes, like, you are <laughs> preaching to the choir. I'm just saying that when it comes to social conservatism, you're going to be editing so hard. <laughs> it's oh, no, hard not editing anything. This to is give it credit. But, it is. Yeah. Anyways, nope. sorry. <laughs> I, just like, I, I just wish it was like video recorded so I could look back and see like what my faces are because I'm literally just like looking back and forth the I whole just, time. I, I love that we had that. That was an incredible conversation, an incredible dialogue on all of that with What is Love by Hathaway playing in the background <laughs> the entire time. Is there, like, I don't have my headphones. Yeah, it's, I don't been, the, oh, yeah, it's been playing this yeah, whole time. Whole time. I didn't find a a clean place to take it off and it yeah so it was going again the beats officially fully broke they're not functioning at all the beats also hurt you balls in your court dr dre yeah and so to close it out i i would love to go on that same kind of (laughs) with what hurt me but i will go with my five game parlay today i had i had i had two but i had one because i like to hedge myself but i had one I had the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Vikings. They did in overtime. I had the Atlanta Falcons to beat the New Orleans Saints. They did. I had the Giants to beat the Raiders. They did. I had the Arizona Cardinals to beat the 49ers, even without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins there. They did. And then finally, I had one more game. If I if I cleared this out, and it was just a five dollar free bet right that i had from the little prize right, thing. Some, some promo thing yeah would have cleared about i don't even want to think about it but a little over twelve hundred dollars that's it a little over twelve <laughs> a little maybe a lot over twelve hundred but i'm more than the five free dollars that they gave you yeah a lot more than that final game denver broncos no <laughs> at those damn dallas cowboys and i figured that was a shocker it was a you're telling me. Yeah. I I messaged you after that game like finished, and I'm like, um, what's going on in the Denver game right now? I figured I saw I watched Denver play against us last week. I've got no problems with Denver, but they just traded away Von Miller. Also, since we've been gone, Von Miller got traded to the L.A. Rams. They traded away Von Miller. They played Washington. They kicked Washington's ass last week, but not by as much as you would think of going against Taylor Heineke and that team. And 
Dallas has looked so good. So good, even with Cooper Rush at quarterback last right. week. Yeah, but Denver that, can beat anybody on any given day. And that's the thing, and it happened today. Teddy Two Gloves came out there. Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> the, children, the children's story of quarterbacks, comes out there, whoops their ass. And this is what I get for trusting Dallas. I've never done it through – I've done it sparingly through my life. Now you know how I feel with the, with the Steelers when they completely screwed me. Off that 15-team parlay that I ran at the beginning Hate of the year. Hate them both. And if we want to talk about what physically hurt me, last night we were talking about Josh Cole's uh, election event. We went to, shout out, Pimenta Pimenta Grill, Caroline Street, downtown oh, Fredericksburg. Good. God. Jamaican food there. I groaned in my first bite. <laughs> you look at the menu and you oh. just, you don't know what to pick. You have to go multiple times because everything looks so good. And I can tell you it tastes so good. Ask for Ray. He's wearing a cowboy shirt. He, yeah, he feels my pain today. Ray feels the pain. Ray's rum punch mm. is the drink that I got last night. We got it on the night of the election. My aunties wanted to get it. They're, you know, in their 70s, 80s and everything. And they've. Kick Jean's ass. Oh my god. Just like <laughs> laying back. at the end of that <laughs> night. But we got it last night, and you know what? It didn't hit while we were out. Nope. It was fine while we were out. I was feeling good and everything. <laughs> you got a little burn in your chest from the pepper and everything that he put on top of it. But. Right, because they were trying to close her. They were trying to close, so I chugged the rest of mine, which was like at least half yep. left over. Yeah. Sarah chugged hers. <laughs> Sarah chugged hers and didn't even finish it because it just was burning her a little too much. Who's Sarah? Sarah is Sarah Herrera. Spicy little Latina. Oh, yeah. She's single, too. (laughs) She is single. Single. Mm -hmm. You'll meet her. We'll get her on the show. Okay. Uh, I I didn't say anything else. Who is that? (laughs) (laughs) We got, we walked around for a bit. I drove uh, Sarah and Emily home. Sarah, about two minutes into the ride, slumped. Gone. Damn. Only thing that woke her up was her phone. Everything that like vibrated right in her face. I got home, put on Skyfall, everything. I figured I was like, daylight savings time. I got a little bit of time. I can stay up a little later before work, grab right, a beer, shower. get Kentucky bourbon beer, sat, watched Skyfall. I was thinking it was the best movie ever made as that <laughs> rum punch was fighting back. I got up. I was like, oh, shit. You should have watched uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. It was on, too. I should have. I thought about it. <sighs> you mm. wasted your time. I did waste my time, but James Bond was kicking ass <laughs> with that rum punch. I'm a, I'm, I love a Godzilla. So. The cook at the, the cook at Pimenta, <laughs> he came and told us the saying for the drink is, one, one will tap you, two will punch you, three will knock you out. And I'm here to tell you, he undersold the hell out of that. Because mm, three will kill your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not his, but ours. Scott passed out when he got oh, home. Oh, yeah. We were talking about it a little bit ago um, before I came over. I drank it. And like you said, we walked around downtown for a little bit. Just enjoyed a nice, you know, chilly fall evening. And mm-hmm. on the way home, felt fine. It wasn't until I got home and, you know, got in bed and turned on community to watch that before I fell asleep. I don't even remember what episode it was. I was immediately out. You probably weren't even watching Community. I probably <laughs> wasn't. Like, I don't even know what happened at that point. I just got in my room, shut the door, laid down, and just out. So I highly recommend it. Check out Pimenta on Caroline Street. And while you're checking things out, 
Check out Emily Sissel asks, what if brand new podcast coming to the 323 network coming from the 323 network. It's currently, you can catch the first episode right below this one on the 323 with Reed Murphy stream. That's Emily Sissel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, Scott Elia. It's always a joy. Am I getting it right? You got it. I'm finally getting it, Elia. No, you're getting it. Elalia. Elalia. And Justin Marlowe, for the first time, a memorable first time. (laughs) Won't be the last time. Won't be the last time. We got a lot to discuss. Much appreciated. We got a lot to to go Glad to be here. I'll just make sure next time I bring some popcorn. Because <laughs> yeah. it was fun just sitting here zooming between you. can't put us in a to room together. Talking. We go for like a quick, I called him for a quick phone call because we did twin day at school and I we were going to be twins and it turned into like a 25, 30 oh, yeah, minute yeah, phone yeah, call. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jack Johnson and Emma Till, did you watch these documentaries? And I was like, Jack Johnson, you know who that is? Did you watch it by the way? Which one? The Emma Till short? Yes, I did. What'd you think? really good right i liked a lot it's kind of hard i think i, I mean all right this is everything about emma everything about emma till's case just like kills me in the inside I it still, was so brutal i get so upset i know it when i watch it i'm like i, I would disgust me I, I i would have gone to the naacp and been like we need to get some money to the mafia so we can just like yeah i mean come on <laughs> just knock these guys like, out yeah just, it's not that hard they live in freaking mississippi yeah. They, just, they live in their freaking. They live upstairs. They'll never know it's us. Yeah, just blow. Put up a their silencer. Spot. Just put a silencer on a gun and just. Yeah. Just mix them out. It would be so easy. The Italian mafia had a big hold in New York at that time. I know. Definitely strike a deal with them. It would have been so easy to do. Do you even know who Emmett Till is, Scott? Yes, I know okay. exactly who Emmett Till is. Listen, I know I don't know tennis players, but I know who Emmett Till is. <laughs> but I will say this: if you were um, someone who was involved in that case at that point, involved, I mean emotionally involved, do you really want to see the killers get just like sniped out quick or do you want to see them? True, yeah, like actual, tortured. just, or even just true justice. Like, I want to see, in whatever, like, in yeah, whatever I wanna, way it I wanna is. I want to see you get hung from your leg and your head get decapitated or something. Like, Medieval torture shit. Something cr- I mean, I mean, whatever is the most. Bring sick. them over to Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, something like that. Take them to the Taliban. <laughs> like you guys handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Hadaway. Hadaway just keeping the conversation just slightly up a little bit. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't say that. <laughs> Again, read. Nick's is necessary. No, don't nix that. That's oh, I'm not nixing shit. This is this, that's, <laughs> this is entertaining. This is an hour and a half show. It's nine thirty. I'm I'm airing it. It's going straight to. Did you Did you watch that read? I didn't show him that. Show I'll him. send it to him though. It's good. It's, it's only like seventeen minutes. Mm-hmm. It's good, but honestly, it like just anything like that makes my like stomach literally just like physically upset. I did an entire like semester long project on Emmett Till, creating like a whole website behind it. I didn't pay for it to stay up, so it's no longer up for y'all to check out. But I, I mean, like that whole semester, I feel like brought me like in my in terms of like my mental health, like dramatically down because of how thoroughly I was researching everything and reading stuff and seeing the images. I've got a book on the, whole, on the whole case. Um, I'm not even done with it, but the book is phenomenal. What it does do, though. Which um, one do you have? Um, it's called <clears throat> it's called The Blood of Emmett Till. Yeah. 
the the best thing about the book is the fact that it it, it talks about the um the cases let's say that were that happened in like the previous 10 years from like 45 to 55 mm-hmm. that were similar and didn't get any yeah, yeah no attention oh yeah you know like nothing but it kind of just shows you the culture of mississippi it does and just like the it was the emmett till case was just like and it's just like so many of the different cases that have happened recently you know recently you know george floyd and stuff like that where just like the perfect amount of like press and recognition and everything brings it to that national level to get recognized and unfortunately all these other cases go you know hidden Mm -hmm. from society but like those ones bring it to the surface so that you can get you can see just a minuscule amount of what is actually happening and what people are actually going through yes very true very true Sorry, this turned real history and yeah. social justice. <laughs> that can happen at times. I'm telling you, we are going to get a camera in here next time just to have purely on Scott. Just by just facial expressions. Instead, the whole of thing. The man, instead of the Manning cast, it'll be the, the Elliot cast <laughs> <laughs> for that whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, Emily Sissel, Scott Elia, Justin Marlowe. I'm Reed Murphy. This has been the 323. You'll be hearing from us a lot sooner than a month. No comas in our chances. Maybe. Maybe. Never say never. But we will talk to you again. Stay safe, everybody. And listen to Emily Sissel ask what if. And go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash 323 R-E-I-D. Bye.